Let's dance to the round table. We dance where we're able. We do routines to call the scenes to put work in the cable. We dine well here in Camelot. We eat ham and jam and spam a lot. and welcome to a special episode of the Two Half Squads. Today we're doing a roundtable discussion. We've brought in three of our closest friends. Really? Right, Dave? Well, kind of closest. Kind of. We don't remember their names, so we're going to have them introduce themselves. And it's Labor Day 2009. That's right, and I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. We're the usual Two Half Squads, and with us today is... Uh, I'm Rich Spilkey. Mm-hmm. I'm Bob Holmstrom. And uh, Lou Tokars. All of our favorite Chicago players that could make it today at 2 o'clock. Correct. So, that was a nice prerequisite. Yeah, they had to just be able to be here. Yeah. Glad you guys could join us for our, for our first roundtable discussion. I think this is great that we could all get together like this because there's not too often when I actually get together and just sit and talk about gaming. So this is really, this is especially exciting for me. But one thing, one question we wanted to talk about first was why we love ASL. Why do we love ASL? I think, Louie, you said you've forgotten why. Yeah, I forgot. Why. <laughs> I just have to think about it. <laughs> no, I, I mean, seriously, when you stop and think about it, if you you got to love the history, number one. Uh, I do. I can't get enough of it. And uh, you got to like gaming, I think. I don't think you could, you could have one without the other. I think you, and I definitely like both. Have you been gaming for a long time? Cause I, yeah. I didn't want to ask. Uh, we didn't want to do bios on everybody, but yeah, since high school. Time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, my first game I ever played was uh, Third Reich. So yeah, but uh, so where? But you love ASL? Oh yeah, absolutely. Above all others. Yeah, it's more tactical. I like tactical games. Yeah, I, I would jump in at this point. I know I read an article once about playing miniatures games, and they said there's different kinds of players. Players who just love the the miniatures and the little trees and the like train set guys. Right. And I guess that might not apply to ASL unless someone just loves the geomorphic boards and the pieces but um and there's people who love history like louie already said it's the other kind of min- uh, miniatures gamer they just love the history and your units have to be accurate and they would love having the machine gun counters and you know it, it, a big part of that is why i like the game uh the other players are ones that love the rules you know the way the rules work the design they're gamer gamers right yeah rules lawyers yeah maybe <laughs> rules lawyers um and there was a fourth oh and then there's the simply the social aspect of it why people love to game um i know my crowd of friends are all really cool and the fact that they play squad leader um helps but what i love about squad leader is that variance in the dice you know i like Reserve, them. box cars snake I'd say, I'd say dave probably two of the aspects you bring up are, are why i like asl above others one is the social aspect is because there's so many people who play asl and it's so easy to find people to play 
You know, you can, you can find in the Chicago area, I don't know how many people play, but a lot. I know I never have a problem get, finding an opponent to play. Yeah, in fact, we were talking <clears> that <throat> I have a problem getting Bob to play play <laughs> Armies of Oblivion with me because he's already playing with other people. Right. And then I, I would say the second is, is with ASL, the game itself is uh, the decision-making ma- aspects of playing it. Throughout the whole game, you're making decisions, it seems, all the time, which is the fun part of gaming for me. It's the part of gaming that makes a game good or, or not good. Um, and, and, and ASL certainly make hundreds of decisions every game, and you're constantly having to make them. And that's that's a big draw to me, uh, why I like it above other And they're not games. always they're not always the same decision. Right. You don't that's play right. the same scenario twice and make the same decision. That's right. Yeah, yeah. they're always different. Even when you're decisions. playing the same guy. Yep. Because you can true. try something different. That's right. And that's not like that with a lot of games. I think that's one of the things that I like Squad Leader is just, you know, there's an overwhelming number of scenarios you can play, but there are many times when I've thought to myself, and it's one thing that, that especially keeps me happy, is that I don't have to go out and buy everything, because I'm so happy with the few modules that I have, because I feel like I could play any one of those over and over and over and get something different out of it each time. Even better if you play somebody different. And that's one of the things I love about it is um, different every time. Even if you play the same scenario over and over again, yeah. it's going to be very different. Yeah. Because of the events that happen, because of the yeah. different outcomes. I like the way Squad there almost always press it, presses the player into a a trade-off decision. You're almost constantly deciding, man, is it worth the risk to do this? Yes. Should I intensive fire? Should I not? Should I uh, go CX and incur the penalties to get that extra movement factor or two or not? Should I go for excessive speed breakdown with my AFV or not? You're constantly being pressed into that cauldron of, you know, taking a chance and thinking about the odds and then ultimately the dice. And then, I had this with Dave the other day. I, I said, should I go, should I send my leader back one hex to pick up this DM squad, half squad? So I thought, I got, I got to go get him. So I went back. Dave rolled uh, sniper and killed the half squad. Reminded me that I scene. Thought, oh, that's right. Leader, that's even worse. <laughs> yeah. No, kill the half. Yeah, so the leader's just saying, so I ran funny. back here, and so he's just sitting out there like, oh my god. He, he walked up as they got shot by the sniper. Yeah. And, Dang. Yeah. 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 I, I would add one more thing to this topic that hasn't been brought up yet. We talked about the history. A couple of us talked right. about that, and I don't think there's very many squad leader players that don't have a shelf full of World War II books. We right. almost all are interested in that. You know, the details that Bob talked about in particular, I think, are, are uh, you know, what a lot of people in Squad Leader really relish and enjoy learning about. I would add, I think most of the Squad Leader players that I've met, including myself, we're a little competitive. We want to win. We want to outthink the other guy. We want to plan for some, you know, strategy that we have in mind on a given scenario that we think might work. And we're always wanting to... Uh, you know, put that out there for someone else to see if they can outthink us. Oh, absolutely. I think that's it's, that's key. Although, you know, there was always this argument, you know, we get people that tried to take the moral high ground, which I don't think is really the moral high ground. They said, well, I just play squad leader to have fun. Well, we're all out here having fun. You know, just because some people are trying to be more competitive and trying to win doesn't mean we're having less fun or we don't take it as being fun. Right. You to know? me, it's yeah. fun to plan ahead. Right. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun to try to win, too. I mean, it's trying right. to be competitive. You don't have to just sit there and, you know, play just to play but uh but like going back in your point too rich i mean i think one of the great things about this game is the interactive 
Ness of it. You know, you're not just sitting there watching your guy move for a half hour or 45 minutes yeah, like some other games. Well, you, you could true. be watching him for half an hour, but every movement well, he makes... Well, not the guys make... I want to play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, while he's moving, you're thinking every, everything. Yeah. Okay, he goes, one more hex, he's in my normal range. Is he going to stop there? Is he going to come on in? Come on in, baby, you know? Right. You're constantly, you're right, when your opponent's right. moving, you are engaged. Playing a large miniatures game, often there's movement around the periphery. Doesn't really matter. You can, you know, you can sure, take a lot of vacation. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of yeah. standard yeah. war games. It's the other guy moves, and right. you might as well get up and have a sandwich, and, right? And come back. You know, but yeah. come back. It seems like Swallow you get right into the combat, right? And then every movement, every and then too, as Rich is saying, you got the situation where you're, you've got all this anticipatory taking a decision, and then you make that decision intensifier. And you mentioned then it's up to the dice, but then that's the part that's really fun, too, is you grab that thing and you're going, oh, God, don't let it be a 10 or more. You and know, then it's going to be. And you're like, ah. You know, but just... yet there is a lot of luck in squad leader. I think we would all acknowledge that. But, you know, generally, the good players usually win. They're able to influence the dice roll modifiers in such a way that, beat me. that there's generally speaking, you know, I've only beaten Bob Bendis one time in my entire life. He's probably beaten me 10 times. He knows how to win, that guy. And he's an excellent player. He's and a good I'll example. probably never beat you. Oh, you may. And Jeff will never beat me. Never. <laughs> <laughs> well, we need to play probably once, more than once every four like, months. Yeah, <laughs> like the three games we've gotten since I've known you. Yeah. Yeah. I so, so yes, there's luck involved, but yet skill generally does win. I, I think so, yeah. I mean, the, the better players know how to, to limit their risk factors. That's the way I always used to like to put it. You know, they're not going to do things super risky like some new players might, and they, they make better decisions overall because of their experience. I think, you know, which is why I tell new players, you know, when they're first starting to learn to play the game, just kill all your stuff. You know, just go out there and just be as aggressive as you possibly can. Know how what you can get away with and what you can't. Just because you got minus two shots doesn't mean your guys are all going to die. Right. You know, so go out there and be super aggressive. And then you'll learn what to do, what not to do, what works, and how to limit yeah. your risk. Yeah, and we're playing with Bob Holmstrom as he joined our Paso group. You know, there's things throughout history I've kind of avoided doing because they seem a little like rule intensive or, or I'm always teaching new people and so I don't want to overrun them or buy, you know, freeze move because I don't know how to. So when Bob and I played, you know, he really walked me through my options as he totally. Trounced me with his tanks, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, what is he doing? Oh no, he's entering that my hex with his tank and my tanks hex. I've never seen that before. You know, I, I guess I can't shoot out now. <laughs> it's so simple, but you know, again, you're always learning from the better players too. Yeah, another reason I love the game is because I guess of the people. I mean, the game itself we've been talking about and why we like it. But you know, again, there's exceptions. But generally speaking, most of the squad leader players I've met want to help you learn to be a better player. They yeah, want to yeah, teach well, you. Yeah, that's true. They're not trying to grind your face into the ground right. and, and you know, rip, rip you a new one, so to speak. They're trying to, I mean, yeah, they might, they're, they're going to try to win, but they're not doing it in a way that, you know, makes you feel bad or feel foolish. Right. They want you to, you know, that they're willing to teach you what, they, what they've learned. And I think that keeps the game going. I think that's kind of why this game keeps growing, if it, if it is. I think it is. Because people are willing to help other people. They're not exclusive you know they're not elitist so to speak right. well you think there are games that are like that where uh, i don't know I, so I don't have that much experience to really say yeah. so but because it does seem like the squad leader community is very helpful within itself but i don't yeah. I, you know I, I it could just be our town too who knows yeah i don't know 
And I also don't know, you know, in talking about why we love the game, it makes me wonder why there aren't other games that instill this same amount of passion. Because there are certainly plenty of other games out there and plenty of other games that have been around for a long time and plenty of other games that have stolen from the board gaming, especially the Hex Wargaming community as they've come out over the years. Because in the 70s, there were the Hex game community and then in the 80s, the role-playing game community and then the board, you know, all these things pulling out. But still, there's not there's not another game like this. I don't think is there. Well, it's it's limitless. Uh, I I know I was giving an analogy to a friend the other day when I was trying to describe this game to them. If you've played Monopoly a hundred times, you probably get Monopoly. Right. If you've played Risk ten or twenty times, you kind of know how the game of Risk is played and how it goes. I've played. I don't know how many hundreds of ASL scenarios I haven't counted, but probably I've played one thousand and forty-one. Okay, <laughs> in that range, and it just never ends. I mean, I'm constantly learning new rules. Yeah. Just just uh, this weekend, I used paratroopers and gliders for the first time. In really, my ASL first career. time? Yes. You're oh, kidding God. me. I've never used them before until this weekend. See if you, you play heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> if you play all the scenarios in order, like I do. <laughs> You know, I don't know the night rules that well. I have played those oh, night twice. Night's fun. But, I mean, it, it never ends. It never ends. I've never ends. played caves. Never yeah. played caves. You've never played caves? Or amphibious landings. I've never I'll tell you what. Really? When, when do a rules-intensive scenario, Bloody Red Beach. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's the graduation course right there. Yeah. I, it was just buried in the rule book. Oh, I had to take a bottle of aspirin after I Because <laughs> you got all the LCBPs, and they're all, oh. you know, look up what a gun does against it, a machine yep. gun, you know. Caves, lands. Yeah, everything's in there. Everything. I mean, it never ends. It's limitless. And so you can buy this game, and yeah, it is a bit of, I mean, if you were starting from scratch and wanted to buy the whole thing at once, it might be in excess of $1,000. It probably would be. But you never use, you know, you're never using everything at once. You're never using all the rules at once. You rarely use, you know, cavalry, so you don't really need to read the cavalry rules unless you have a scenario that requires it. Right. But yet you know that you could. If there right. was a scenario with cavalry, you'd read about cavalry. Yeah. Right. If you got a fighter bomber, well, then you read about fighter bombers. Yeah. But but don't, going back to your, your point, too, about, you know, why this keeps going, is com- I think the community isn't just the game, either, because we have so much in common with each other. You know, just the history, and we all love the game, and we all, you know, if you're playing, you know, we can talk about tanks all day. You know, or we can talk about you know whatever other equipment's in the game or something like that, or nationality or something like that, and we could all relate to the game right back. You know, so I think that's one of the things that keeps everybody interested too. I think uh, I think that's right, and I've been wondering about whether or not because I sit around and think of these goofy questions. Can you play squad leader, squad leader, and not be uh, a World War II buff? Yes, Dave Timmon, <clears throat> uh, and I, I think, I think so. you can. He does but not. I think Read a thing about it. I'll give him articles on the fence. He won't even read them. He, nothing. Nothing. All he does is yeah. he'll play any scenario I pick. He'll play any rules I dig out. And he doesn't even watch documentaries or anything. Wow. So there's always a mutant. There's a mutant. There's always an exception in the group. <laughs> but my, my thinking was, uh, um, and just having come back from Gen Con recently, one thing that amazed me is the, um, the enormous number of board games there. And I went to a seminar about game design, how then these guys were Euro gamers mostly. There was the guy there that designed uh, Memoir 1944, and there was the guy that designed um, Richard Borg, I think his name is, I can't remember for sure, and the guy that designed uh, Settlers of Catan were there. Oh, wow. And they talked about their, their methods of game design, and it seemed to me that mostly what they do is they develop a um, structure for a game, very abstract, and then it's the publisher that sort of puts 
the wrapping on it to make it a fantasy game or a settler's game or this or that. Really? But in Squad Leader, you can't really separate... Right. So they basically, Separate the two. No, so they basically come up with the mechanics. Yes. And you could take any of the mechanics in a lot of those games, redress them, and re- republish them. Which they do, usually. Which they do. Yeah. Yeah, they just put it, you know, oh, you don't like to play uh, Civil War? Well, here here it is in, in Middle Earth. Right. You can't do that with Squad Leader because the two are so tightly... That is like, true. Even going from one, even people that are trying to design like Vietnam or Korean stuff, you know, it's kind of hard to do the same thing. Should there be a Vietnam or Korean I can, war I can see Korea. squad leader? Uh, Korea is on the agenda. Yeah, that's not a, that much of a stretch. But Vietnam, you're right. You're, it's got a lot more stuff. Different you know. equipment. Bob, what do you think? You're, you're something of a purist. You don't even really like playing the Japanese, if I'm not mistaken. You is that are right? mistaken. I am mistaken? I love playing the oh, Japanese. Oh, you do? Okay. Sure. What is it you don't like playing? No, I've... Oh, the incremental. Uh, the IIFT. This guy right here. There we go. No, I like about about yeah. no, I play anything. I like, oh, okay. I like, I played some Korean War scenarios. I stand corrected. Yeah, oh, I you like, have, yeah, some Spanish okay. Civil War. Yeah, I don't scenarios. think you can stretch it. I know they have some some Spanish Civil War, mm-hmm. as you say, from the mid '30s. You probably got some early '50 Korean stuff. I don't think you could go too far out of that 15 no. year time frame without really changing things. Yeah, you would have to to figure out firepower and and, and the tactics right. of, of Vietnam and helicopters yeah. and. Smaller would, unit actions. Yeah, it would, I would think it'd be tough to do, or to do and, and be fun. Mm-hmm. So no you know, post-war, uh, post-Cold War zombie scenarios? For squad leader. <laughs> <laughs> never oh, say never. Hey, let me think. Hmm. I could design a scenario like that. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Yeah, so what makes it unique, I think, too, I played, again, a lot of miniatures games. You... You, especially the Ancients games, I love them because, again, I love the miniatures and the painted armies, but the battles kind of roll, and, a, kind of, and whoever gets the flanking attack typically will start to roll the battle up their way and so on. And it doesn't have the things like Berserk. You know, there's never, there's, you collide these armies, you roll your dice out, you slowly wear someone down, and then they, the army starts to roll back. But it's fun to play, but it's never nearly as fun as having a guy go Berserk, Charge up a hill into a, a mortar with a crew, right? right. Yeah. And take it out. Yep. That was the mortar that was killing you the whole game that you hated, and suddenly it's gone. And that kind of, you know, John Hill wrote in this stuff that's just seems so extreme, you know, at times that, that things can just happen. And I don't think other games do that. Um, well, how many other, are there other games, asking as a newbie, that are on the same scale of Squad Leader? Squad leaders on that. There's squad some newer load. tactical games out. I've never tried them though. Right. There's there's lock and load. There's yeah. uh, combat commander. Right. Yeah. Um, the Panzer Grenadier series, right? That was. I think that's, that's, yeah. a, that's a level up. The yeah. Totals, that's, that's more. Yeah. yeah. But I got a comment on your on your thought there, Dave, because yeah, you just uh, sparked in me just little little uh, ideas in my mind or you know remembrances. I remember when I was a new player. Playing against a more ex- uh, experienced veteran, Jeff Sebula. You know him, Louis. Yep, I definitely know Jeff. And he was a great player. I was a newbie. And he was creaming me. And and he hit my lone tank with a Panzerfaust. It had 31 to kill. The armor was only 8. Almost a certain death. Sure enough, he rolled a 12. Yep, there you go. And I got, a break, I got a break. 
and I was able to beat Jeff Sebula. Made my day. I mean, he was a way better player than me, but I got lucky, or he got unlucky. Yeah, think yeah. about the rate of fire. I mean, how exciting is that? Oh yeah, you've got yeah. you know somebody broken. You know, three. If you break all three, rate break the other two squads. All three are broken. Rate half squad one. Rate. Oh my god, this is really exciting. <laughs> you know? and, and I got a funny story about rate of fire and, and stuff and dice. I was playing a guy. He was a great guy. I won't mention his name. I know. Real, real nice guy, but he was always he was always learning the game, you know. He's, but uh, I was at his house one time, and you know, he we played maybe once a week, and he had never beaten me. But uh, this one game, you know, he's kicking my butt, and I'm like, what the heck's going on here? And his machine guns are never losing rate of fire. The only time he stopped firing is when he ran out of st- things to fire at. And so finally, I'm just I'm just like boiling, you know. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? I, I what don't these dice have any sixes on them? And I grabbed the dice and I looked at them and I swear to God, they all had not both dice had one, twos, and threes. That's it. Oh. I swear to God, no, it took me half. Me. Well, the, the sad part is it took me half a game to realize that was the game. Oh man, he was doing that as a joke, right? Well, I, he goes, oh, he goes. I just bought those dice today. I swear to God, I didn't even look at them. I just liked the way they looked. And, what? That he was cheating? Yeah. Well, no. I, I see. I totally believe him. This is you got to know the guy. Okay, but I totally believe him. I totally believe him. But uh, <laughs> and poor Jeff. I mean, he might he might be the best player that nobody knows about how good he is because he just had some bad luck. And times the f- first couple of scenarios I ever played were against Jeff. You know, that's how I started playing ASL. If it wasn't for him, I don't think I ever would have started because he knew the game really well. But the second scenario I ever played, he goes, "Well, let's learn tanks now." And this is just like the third time I've played. I'm like, "Oh, I don't know." And it's like, "Come on, it's real simple." So we played Puma Prowls, and I just diced him. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, I felt bad. I mean, he's a way better player. I mean, he's teaching me how to play, but, you know, it it just diced him to death. You know, and, yeah. the, and the snipers do provide a mild level of balancing. I mean, if you're rolling do, lower, yeah. low numbers, yeah. you're probably triggering your opponent's sniper a little bit more often. Right. It's not perfect. Right. But but that's what makes it fun. And again, so if everyone's machine gun fired once, well, it just becomes more predictable then. Right. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, again, a designer put in these things to make it unpredictable but you can control some of that though too like snipers i, I think Mike, mark nixon wrote one of the best articles about snipers you can control that a little bit you don't have to have your leaders leaders whacked every time right you can, can kind of control some of that around them or and that's why some like of the better players don't they're never going to you know they'll tell you some horror stories but they're not going to tell you a horror story where they're not 10 to a leader got whacked by a sniper and then the three squads that had heavy machine guns and his hacks all went down you know right down the drain because the 10-2 got whacked right they know how to control some of that stuff you know they're never they're never going to get their best leaders whacked yeah unless it's completely out of, out of character. yeah there's some geometry to it as yeah. well as some just, covering putting people around to draw off the right. sniper and things no. but you were going to comment oh yeah you? you know we were talking about you know things we have in common and everything like that but i remember being at ace lock one year and uh this is one of the years that uh the movie stalingrad uh had come out in america and somebody had a copy of it and they brought it to ace lock and so one night they'll hey we're gonna watch stalingrad up in so-and-so's room and so i went up there they had this one suite upstairs they, they had reserved i don't know if it was in youngstown or cleveland at the time but uh, there was like 15 or 20 of us in this room, I think. Rich, you said yes, I was among, I was among that group. Yeah, I mean, there, there had to be that many guys. And then we're all watching the movie, you know, and uh, every time something happened, you know, somebody would, you know, yell out a ASL, you know, oh, they got one berserk, oh, critical hit, you know. So it was one of the coolest things, you know, <laughs> as far as watching one movie ever. Yeah, so the game is like a movie. In a yeah. Way, right? it's... yeah. You can relate, I mean, when you read history books, you, can re- you know, especially tactical situations, you can relate, you know, what you're reading into the game, you know, you can kind of envision what's going on. Yeah, I would say, you know, everybody's probably seen Band of Brothers. You know, you could almost 
play out that scenario. At least I have in my head. Watch it, like go to the ASL board. Yeah. Okay, here's what they're doing. And, Has anybody ever know. designed any scenarios to go with with the movie? That'd be kind of a neat little pack. Yeah, I don't know. That, that That's a great suggestion. Joe yeah, Welch, somebody did on that for us. Actually, we've got we've got a couple guys assigned to that. Yeah, actually, uh, Rich came up with that idea um, to uh, to get him to watch a movie. Was that your idea? It was what my was idea, idea to not exactly what Louis suggested. That was also we, my we sort of idea. But, but yeah, we're going to watch a movie. We have yeah. watched a movie, uh, Joe Pelham and I, and we've selected a scenario that's very analogous to that movie. And we haven't played it yet, but we've selected it. And we're going to play it in a couple of weeks, and then we're going to relay our comments both about the movie and the scenario on an upcoming program, oh, and cool. we probably in October or November in that in that time frame. Yeah. And but your idea is also excellent, Louis, that you just said. yeah. Well, I didn't even think. I just kind of. Kind of There's that maybe somebody a walk in the sun, a walk a raisin in the sun. No, <laughs> a walk in the sun. There's a scenario that was based on the movie. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I remember. I, I remember, re- I remember uh, hearing that. Yeah. yeah. So I know there's one. Maybe but Band of Brothers would be perfect. Too. Band of Brothers. You know, there's that whole series of of episodes. Oh yeah. That I'm sure most squadron players have and probably seen. Yeah. And there's tons of books on all those guys have books out. I mean, I've got a few of them. You know. Uh, Winners has a few of them out and stuff like that. Yeah, which are, which I would suggest people read if they like that because they're awesome books. Yeah, that guy is one of the true American heroes ever. And so you know, still on the topic of why we love the game, we can all remember, and I relayed one of my examples as an early new player, that miracle that occurred that allowed us to pull out that victory at the last turn, on the last move, on the last shot, on the last close combat. Yes, and we remember that and. It's pretty hard to forget that. Yeah. And it's exciting, and it's fun. And it happens more often than I would have imagined when I first got into the game. Because there are many times when I thought to myself, I don't need to continue this. I'm going to win. I keep thinking, I keep thinking, I'm going to win this. Death knell. Actually, I've never thought that. (laughs) (laughs) But but somebody then who's teaching me the game will encourage me to stay in it, and it's amazing how much it comes down almost to the very last roll. Yeah. It's really incredible on the last turn. So, well, we know why we love the game, but, you know, familiarity breeds contempt. So we've all gotten close to the game. There must be some things we don't like about the game. Is that possible? You know, I just wrote that down as a topic for the next round table. Oh, did you? Why we hate the game. Why we hate the game. <laughs> just, just wrote it down. So do you want to save it or do it now? Well, we are talking about suggestions here, perhaps. Yeah, like what changes would you make? Like if there's oh. something that you didn't like about Squad Team. Okay, I was thinking more like... Why you really hate it? I don't well, because when you reverse it or? and you're the guy who loses the game on the oh, other yeah, guy's yeah, miracle yeah. roll, uh, then you hate the game. Yeah. Or, you know, you hate the rules. I don't see. you? You know, you hate... I, you know, and I, again, you know, why I like playing Bobby. He knows the rules better than me. And again, I'll cheat. And I won't cheat a rule, but you'll just, you won't <laughs> do so. Prisoners. I swear, for years. Are we taking prisoners? No. no prisoners. <laughs> no. It's too complicated. They might escape, and then we'll have to look up a bunch of rules, shoot but, them now. But they could be really you know. cool sometimes. Well, sure. You and now use I'm, them to win. And now I am having more experienced players now yeah. in the area. Again, remember, my history, well, I was the only, I was teaching everybody. Everybody, no one ever taught me. Right. So, well, Wally, one guy, one guy started in Chicago, and then he left, and, and no one has ever. I've never met anyone who said, "Oh, I know the game. I'll teach you." It's always me dragging all these people in and getting them to play. So, yeah, now it's really I'm starting to do right. all those rules, and I'm reading them, and you know, yeah, taking prisoners, and we're you know going through I, it. I, I think that's one of the things that uh, play testing 
will do for you too, though, is because I mean, yeah. I started play testing with guys that ever were doing it from squad leader on. You know, they really got into it with GI and everything like that, and uh, like Jeff Sabula and Howard Sylvester, guys like that. And uh, that's how I got into play testing. And these guys went through it. They were meticulous about every little thing they did. But you had to learn the rules. Yes. Because you didn't want to be embarrassed. When you sent your stuff to Bob McNamara and you wrote him your little, you know, two-page essay in the scenario of what happened and stuff like that, you didn't want to be embarrassed with him coming back. You know, and he, had, he would write back on your paper, you know, I'll try this or okay, that's great. But you never wanted him to say, uh, have you ever read rule section such and such? You, know, you might want to try it. Yeah, time, you know? those guys should have been prisoners, yeah. you know, and that would have changed things. Right. Yeah, and as I play HP, we're, anything that's coming up, we're using you know, yeah. I'm like, well, we better be careful to use this, yeah. you know, as smoke discharge. We better be careful, yeah. Right. Yeah, because we want to make sure it's done right. Yeah. But uh, maybe we're getting off topic on that. But there we go. So so just to clarify, just uh, we're talking about, you know, changes we want to make in the game. Uh, are we talking rules changes, uh, uh, overall, you know, marketing or how people view the game or how they can tame the game, that, that kind of change? Yeah, all of that. Yeah, all of that. What would you do? Well, as far as, far as uh, you know, how people can get the game, because the more people who play, the better for all of us, obviously. Um, I, and it's not MMP's fault, because the game was presented this way from the beginning, is the way they presented the modules and uh, the nationalities and stuff like that. But I think it's gone to such a point. Now, if I was somebody coming in and I went to the store and there was every single module, or if I was looking it up on the internet and I was trying to figure out how, to, how can I obtain this game, I think it's very confusing for people now, especially with things being out of print. Uh, you know, the way that the modules are bundled and stuff like that, you know, who would know that Kota Bushido is the Japanese module? And, and you can make it more affordable for people, too. You don't have to put everything in boxes. You just come out with a, a German nationality, American nationality, you know, Russian nationality, Japanese nationality, and just, just nationality packs where they just had uh, the counters for that nationality, any rules that pertain, you know, vehicle notes, stuff like that. And, and the boards, you wouldn't even have to include boards. Oh, that is, that's an option, sure. I mean, because we've grown to the point where the modules are never all in print at the same time. So anybody that wanted to try to obtain all this stuff, it would be really hard to do. Yeah, I have several sections uh, suggestions along those same lines. You know, let's uh, talk about the counters and the boards. You know, and again, I don't expect everyone in the world to agree with these suggestions, but they're my own personal opinions. If I were MMP, I would come out with, let's start with the boards. Most of us with, that have played a lot realize that the board hexes are just a bit too small, especially when you got first, second level, and you got, you know, marking one guy with a pin and the other guy's broken. I would agree. And then you get close combat. Yeah, it's, it's deluxe, too small. The Lux boards are great, but it doesn't even have to be that big. Right, yeah, the Lux boards big. are too big. The historicals so, are big. So right? in my view, the red barricades board or hex sizes are about perfect. Right. Yeah. So what I would suggest, and I don't expect everyone here to agree with this, is come up with boards 1 through 52, or whatever the number is, 54, all new boards. You don't have to buy them. Nobody has to buy them. Right. But I would buy them, and I think other yeah. people would. I well, I make them a little I bigger. I do have to buy everything that comes out of an MP. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, and yeah, so, like uh, I, and I think that that would you know make the game more playable, more fun, with that little bigger board size, and fit the counters in there a little bit better. That's one. Suggestion. Yeah, there's a little bit of frustration that we just kind of subliminate, probably because we're trying to have fun with the game. But yeah. Yeah, I can go And, and while you're at it, why not improve the graphics well, on the board? Well, yeah, the graphics could be maybe a little better with modern technology, but pretty much you want to make the graphics almost identical. Right, because you have to be careful with lines of sight and everything. Right, because you don't want to change, you know, the... Yeah, no, I don't mean change line of sight and But, and but yeah, the graphics could be improved. Like yeah. And again, I'm not a 
printing professional that would know exactly how to go about right. causing that to happen, but I'm sure with modern technology it could be done. The, the counters. You know, hey, let's face it. We're all getting older. How many times have we played with an individual that might be approaching the 50 range or so, including, you know, uh, yours truly, where it's getting a little harder to see those armor factors. Right. Or is that a Panzer IV E or a Panzer IV F? It's pretty tough. Yeah. I've seen guys using, uh, what do you call those things, magnifying glasses to read the fine print. Why not, if you're going to do these new counter sheets that Louie's talking about and make the counters more available for the people that don't have all the counters, why not make the counters also just a little bit bigger? I don't know what the percentage would be, but a little bigger, a little bigger font, just a little. Right. While you're at it. Yeah, the counters probably don't have to be larger, just the fonts. Or at least make the fonts bigger. Well, Picavage... Picavage, we interviewed him. Great interview coming up. Well, it probably would already air by the time this show airs. Um, was talking about the color graphics you get in all these new games. Oh, like they're, they're fantastic. Panzer Grenadier with the camo on the tanks and right. everything. And that, that, that could be a step, too, for yeah, the future. Right. I mean, again, you wouldn't have to buy them in order to play the game. You, you But people who would, and I think all of us would. If you go on MMP's website right now, and I did recently, just to find out what I didn't have, because on my way here I stopped at Games Plus, Ching Ching. Yeah, and, that's um, a great store. Yeah, <laughs> and bought, you know, made, brought myself up to date with what I had, didn't have. And, uh, you know, if you go on MMP's website and you look at the pre-order page, how many games hit their pre-order, you know, besides the ASL stuff? The ASL stuff hits its pre-order and goes way over, and it's the yeah. last stuff to get published. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and we're not criticizing MMP here. You know, I, I, you know, they got their own business and stuff like that. But ASL people will buy the stuff. There's no question about that. Yeah. I don't. It, it's just a matter of putting it out there. You know, do you think they could have a full-time employee doing just ASL? All day well, don't long? they already? I mean, I don't know. No, they're all have. part. We interviewed Keith. All really? part-timers. Yeah, you would think they would do something. Well, you know, you don't know what the money situation. We don't know right. what the we don't know what their business. Right, you, yeah. we have no is, idea. So, so it's, and, you can't and as, criticize as them. the owners. Of course, they have the option of doing right. whatever they want with it, and maybe this is as interested as they are. And don't it. forget, yeah. we're certainly glad that they picked it up. MMP, were you know, no, yeah. glad it's it didn't die with. It would have never died. Somebody would have picked it up. It was just a matter of who. My final suggestion, which I'd like to hear y'all comments on, is y'all. the rule book itself. Y'all, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm down in Texas today. The rule book itself. You know, they did a great job with version 2, compiling a lot of errata right. that piled up over the years. But even now, there's another pile of errata. I mean, it'll mm-hmm. never end. Let's face no. it, it'll never end. I think, again, not everyone will agree with this, but I think if they made it... Uh, a opportunity to pay twenty bucks a year. Let's call it a subscription fee. You pay twenty bucks a year, not a big fee, mm-hmm. and you are an ASL rulebook subscriber. Then you get every year new sheets that have been added. The new rules, oh, like it's, they used to do in the yeah, modules. It's, it's yeah. just too hard. How it many is. of us have tried to clip out that I've done little, it all. those and little yeah, words, those little rattles, and tape them in our little rule books and yeah. put a little symbol in our rule book that you know paragraph here and then, then you gotta read this it's way too hard it takes yes. way too long yeah i don't you do know. that at all i just whatever's printed in my rule book that's the rule <laughs> that's, that's, that's what i do i thought i'm not gonna say everybody else okay. think i'm a jerk God, <laughs> i wish i could well, be like you don't have an upgraded from Miranda? uh yeah when they when they give it's, me it's new minor. sheets they, they put it in otherwise 
you know, and there's a rad every other product. But, I'm not gonna. Yeah, like, I, I handwrite it. Like it. That, I sit down and handwrite it all. But in. how many people have probably played a game that way? You know, when you come up to a tournament or something like that, yeah. and you know, then you're sitting there. Well, what would you add? Was it? What was in this action pack? Or was in this? But Rich, your your idea is awesome. You know, it's only twenty bucks a year. Yeah, there'll be people <laughs> who will just get a photocopy of their buddies and not pay the twenty well, bucks. Well, I you know, so, you know, so what? I'll pay the twenty bucks. Sure. And you I'll get a and you get a color version. Yeah. In a heartbeat, because then I'd actually use the rata then, yeah, because right. it would be printed out. And, <laughs> and it'll never end. There's always going to be a rata. There's always going to be a different way to word oh, things that uh, is better and easier to understand, or another example that they want to illustrate right. yeah. that they didn't illustrate. It'll never end. There'll no. always be a better way. And so I think for, you know, I, I'm just throwing $20 out there as a as a number. Right. Well, don't you think the other, talking about the rules and how they change things in a rata and all that stuff, I think there's been a, uh, how can I say this, there's, there's been a trend towards trying to get rid of ambiguity with certain rules. They rewrite certain rules and stuff like that. But in, in the process, they make the rules really complex. It, maybe not so much complex in, their, you know, in, in, in theory, but there's way too much written about a simple thing like, like wall advantage. Well, instance. I was just thinking wall advantage. And I, we did a show on it, and Joe presented it, and I read it thoroughly, and I played scenarios with Dave with wall advantage. We read it thoroughly. And now I haven't done – I just haven't right. – Done, it hasn't come up a lot. Make sure and you if I go back to like Bocage, well, you, Rich, you and I oh, did it. Yeah, Bocage is, is another challenge. I'll one. forget it again. Try, like it's try, gone. Try it's this sometimes. Some, I can't remember, Bob. I don't know, Bob. <laughs> you should know the rules, Dave. <laughs> but I, it's gone. I, really? If I don't you use play it. Bocage, yeah. yeah, but if I don't use it much more. It's like talking about keeping it simple, we all know how to use CE button up, right? Yeah. Well, because uh, back in the old Bocage rules, everybody said they were all messed up and stuff. I've never really had a problem with it because once something I heard Mike McGrath tell me at Ace Lock one time, he's like, we were talking about Bakaj, and he's like, he goes, oh, he goes, the heck with that. He goes, just treat it like CE button up. And if you treat it like B and CE or buttoned up, it just makes everything easy. We oh. we never had a problem playing. So Bacage you can rules. hide behind the Bokaj, or yeah. you can be seen behind right. the Bokaj. And ju- it just use the same rules that you would use for CE button up. And I even wrote it all out one time, you know, and sent it to him when we were play testing. I think it was uh was it Armies of Oblivion? Mm-hmm. What was the last one that um, Avalon Hill actually published? That was Doom Battalions. Yeah, and I, I don't know if the Bakaj wrote the new Wall of Angels come out in there or something, but you know, we wrote it out and it seemed to work. I don't know, I never heard anything bad, but I mean, they just. I There's mean, other analogies like that, like the Hillock rules oh, that uh, Jeff and I have recently been playing. Well, it's yeah. really just it's a like long, a big, big fat wall. Yeah, once right. you know yeah, that, it's, like it's that. so easy yeah. to play right. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you just keep incorporating yeah. things. That like I remember. Yeah. I can do Hillocks yeah, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, the, the Pangy <laughs> counters are kind of like wire. We were above right. them or below them. I mean, that's another little analogy that people sometimes use. Or the new, you know, was it not Plateau Movement, but the new uh, yeah, Human Wave. I mean, I, I was playing a game forever. You know, well, not forever, but. I never had a problem with a human wave. I didn't I never either. had anybody. I, I, I didn't know why it needed to be rewritten. People you know? were probably trying to cheat it, right, to get them to move a different direction really? than uh, where you should be charging at. Because it sounded like they were just trying to make you go toward your Right. No, more. I understand. I mean, I heard there might have been some problems. But all the games I played and tons of Japanese stuff and all, all the little bonsai charges you make, which incorporate the human wave rules and stuff like that, never really had a problem with it. Well, my point is that I think there should be a subscription to the rule book. And you get new pages every year if there are any to be to be produced for your subscription fee. And they can add new examples, they can refine things, they can change things, modify things. And I think we all know now that even though version 2 is better than version 1, the errata will never end. Yeah. No. You know, I think they it's should... impossible. I think one thing they could do is to make all the counters three-dimensional miniatures that could be painted. There you go. And have sound effects, <laughs> and you can push the sound effects <laughs> button, and like explosion sounds. If, if you get computer ASL, <laughs> that's what you're going to have, you know. <laughs> 
Well, these, these you know, are it's something with your subscription idea, Rich, too, is maybe counters, too. Put your, your eraticized counters. Yes, you could, into the... You could, you know, have that. that and, that's that's and, perfect. You know, I imagine you would get, uh, I don't know how many thousands of people, but I bet it would be in the thousands. That would, I wonder how many people the actually there are playing that would... You know, well, you can enter in our contest. It's like how many jelly beans are in the jar. We have everybody that comes on the show. We don't. Is it going to be a right many? answer though? No. Well, no, Keith we don't. We didn't know. We don't know that we'll ever get it. Oh, Keith knows. He, can't, he, he ain't telling. He's keeping it. He knows exactly. Gotta, He's got one of those counters in his room. They've got to know, you know, how many modules they'll sell right yes. off the bat. Yes, not thousand. just a pre-order. It's a thousand, number. right? Oh no, you're right. They run more. Mark, Mark Pitcavish said 5,000. He said 5,000. He, he, he said they print 5,000. But he doesn't know that. Well, I, I don't know. Sorry, Mark. Well, do you actually know, know that? Mark <laughs> <Pitcavish>? <laughs> I, I, heard, I, I heard the print run used to be like 10,000. Yeah. Whoa! Yeah. That's a long time ago. Well, and then you've got, like, I, again, everyone I taught, they don't buy the game. Timonen owns nothing. In fact, I thought he was going to buy Hakapala. Hakapala. Because we play testing it, and we're both like, yeah, we're going to get it, and we're going to play them all again with the official counters. You know? And um, I'm like, yeah, you'll get a copy too. Your name will be in it. And he's like, no, I, I don't. I don't think I'll actually get one. I'm like, we've been play testing this. Gets one for nothing, right? No, we don't. What? No, you don't get a free. Who copy. Who are you play testing this for? Um, Lars Thuring for MMP. And you're not gonna get a free copy? I wasn't told that. Come on. Well, I'll ask. No, I don't think so. I'll ask. Of course, they'll probably send one to the two half squads because they're going to want us to do a box art review on it and yeah. all. No, and all a review of the product. That's they, the way it used to they, be. It might. I don't know. I'll ask. You should, um, yeah. But anyway, so Dave, I painted his porch uh, this summer. So when he paid me, there's an extra fifty bucks. And he's like, "There's an extra fifty bucks in the check." I'm like, "Oh, thanks, you know, for that because I did such a good job." Now that'll pay for HP. You, you can buy it. I'll pay for it. You can own it. <laughs> so he's pay, he's paying for it. He doesn't if even you have to pay nothing for wrong with that. Test, then something's wrong. Then, there, yeah. then there's not enough, enough people playing to support the game. That's what I guess. And so my point is, for every guy that plays, right? Don't you have opponents that you you play with and they just use your stuff? No. 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 Well, I've I've never met anybody who plays long enough. Now, I've met people who just try the game and not own anything. Okay. But people who actually stay with the game and play over and over again. I've never met a Dave Timmon and somebody who doesn't own no. it. Greg Hollander doesn't own it. Greg Haas. I, I've got probably six, seven friends that actually will play. You're an year. enabler, Dave. I'm yeah. an enabler. <laughs> <laughs> you got to stop that. Okay, time to buy your own game. Well, you what go used play to happen other. with me is I'd get guys that would play it. They'd buy all the stuff, and then they wouldn't like it. and I'd buy it back from them. Uh, or really? one guy actually called me up. He says, Lou, you know, you want all my stuff? I'm like, yeah, how much you want for it? He goes, no, just come and pick it up. I'm like, you sure? He goes, go, yeah. Go, go to wow. Bushido. How long you go to Bushido? Yeah, I, yeah, it I still got it in my room. West of Ellie? Yeah, yeah I got set. all that stuff. Ooh. All the overlays, everything. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. you, I mean... I'll pay. I'll if buy you've it got an extra copy, sell it on eBay. It's all punched. I mean, this stuff isn't a box. Oh no, 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 no! I it has to be unpunched if I buy it. Okay. Well, <laughs> no, I don't care. I'm not a snob. I don't care. No, I want it. I don't even keep really? it. Really? You don't like it? What, what do you I want for sure it? All? Well, next, well, next. If I come out, we can talk about that off. Yeah, off the air. Okay. I want to go. I want to go back though to what we were saying, and the question was, what changes would you make to ASL? And and. Really, the things you guys came up with were like marketing things that right. you would change, you know, about the maps and the counters and the way it's distributed and that kind of thing. I'm just wondering if you would make any changes really about the rules, about the game, about the rules in the game, about, you know, and we have we no. have a few pointers that, that bringing us to discussions here. What would you change in the game? Would you change the way... 
the fog of war works in the game? Would you change the way? No, I'm I'm not concealment works in the to game. To actually come up with You're any good ideas, well, yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm asking the questions, is because I don't have to answer them. Well, I think I think one of the one of the places that the game has growth, you know, even with the with the guys that have been playing for a while, is within campaigns. And I was I'm never I'm not I'm not a big fan of the the was it the CPPs or uh, cost. Portage points. What, what the heck do they call those things? Portage points? No, 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 no. no. You use these points to buy the units. Campaign purchase. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I'm not a big fan because you can mathematically figure out how to win games, and that's what I did with RB the first RB. I had it mathematically calculated. No, no matter what side I played, I didn't even care about how many buildings I had or terrain. I wasn't worried about you know the historical context. I just wanted to know how many guys I killed, how many guys of mine died, and I could figure it out at the end. I would have a whole lot more guys than you just mathematically because you're only allowed so much stuff. So. Something I think you could do with campaigns, and you know, I'm throwing out there, anybody could take and steal this for whatever they want. We were developing a, a campaign for Sugarloaf Hill, and one of the things with that is the, the Americans didn't know that Sugarloaf Hill was, was the linchpin, the Shuri defense line in Okinawa, and they kept attacking this hill, not knowing that it was the most defended area in, in the whole thing. Well, if with, with computer technology and stuff like that, I think you need somehow somebody needs to to uh, incorporate computers and the game itself in one. You know, not, not just saying play everything on a computer, but you can come up with a program to pay, play a campaign where both sides would have a password or something like that. They put their stuff in, you know, and then the, the victory conditions would depend on what, you're, what you were trying to accomplish. Like, let's say RB, for instance. Let's say the Russians didn't want to hold the city. Well, the Germans don't know that, you know. So as the, as the Russians, you're saying, I just want to hold it for three days and I'm out of here. And then you put that in as your victory conditions, you know. So you're given so many, you know, historically, you know, correct units for the time or stuff like that. And then the Germans, not knowing this, are attacking and attacking. If they don't take the city within the allotted time that you've given them, they lose. You know, but you wouldn't know this unless it was all calculated into some kind of computer program. Yeah, I have a suggestion along those same lines that is maybe not quite that comprehensive, but yeah. you know, maybe a step towards what Louis suggesting, and that is I would like to see a scenario, and maybe there is one, and I'm unaware of it, but I, I don't, I'm unaware of it. A scenario victory condition whereby the victory conditions will vary as a function of how much you, like, like let's say, let's keep it simple. Let's say the attacker has choices A, B, and C, and uh, as far as, you know, uh, the order of battle. Right. And the defender has choices A, B, and C. So three times three, there's nine different combinations. Right. So let's just say the attacker picks the very biggest amount of units and the defender chooses the very least amount of defending units. Let's go to that extreme yeah. hypothetical example. Well, then the attacker's victory conditions ought to be pretty steep. Sure. Because he's got a big force going against the least amount. And so the victory conditions vary based on what the defender picked, what the attacker picked. And so the harder it is, the more... Uh, victory conditions will vary with respect to the mm. odds of you achieving those victory conditions. And the cool thing was, neither player would know. And you wouldn't know. You're just playing. Totally. You're Just like in real life, you these could, guys would have an objective. They wouldn't really know, you know what was out there. You'd eventually figure it out. I mean, if you, if you knew sure. that he, if, you know, if there was a mortar in uh, Group B and you saw the mortar, well, then right. eventually you're going to kind of know he picked Group B. But anyway, it, could, it would still be somewhat of a fog of war. And, yeah, and, I think, and a gradual but, level of victory condition. And I don't think it'd be... I mean, I'm no computer programmer or anything like that, but I think with that kind of technology and stuff, with everybody having these handheld devices and stuff like that, you wouldn't. everybody wouldn't need a laptop necessarily. But I think shooting towards that would be pretty cool. I think that would be the way to go. I can make a suggestion to make the game again better, too. This is, a, I think, not that aggressive of a suggestion. 
there's all these new scenarios coming out, and uh, they're always come out with this pack and the next pack, and maybe I'm an old, you know, fuddy duddy. Uh, fuddy duddy. I can't keep up with the new stuff. Yeah, I don't keep up. There's so many great old scenarios. There's thousands. Yeah. Of old scenarios, some of which are not balanced, you know, through the test of time, and so they don't get played. Right. If they were, I know there was some effort made towards this at one point in time. But if they were to deploy the Australian balancing system, which is yep. those those three Actually, different levels, I would use that on every step. There's a change I would make. Yeah, I would use right. the Australian balancing on every right. scenario. I, I would, Dave. I was almost gonna say I'm gonna be the one who says I don't want any changes to the game because I I think that's one of its strengths. But the ABS system, I, I think, should be an official change. Yeah, but go should, back should and, be on. and look we'll, at all we'll, the old we'll scenarios. explain that real quick so oh, for those of yeah. our listeners. I, I will. Go ahead. Um, you, you, if you think the Germans have a better chance of winning, you look at three balancers. Well, each side has three, right? Each side has three, right. So if I say I want the Germans, and I'm, and then the, it says if you, you know, Russian, A, give them an extra squad. B, give them a squad and a machine gun. C, give them a, a, a 10 neg 2, a squad and a machine gun. And then I, if I'm sure I can win with the Germans, even giving them a squad, I'll say, I want the Germans and I'll give you balance 1, or balance A, the squad. And you write it down secretly. And then Bob also wants the Germans. He is so sure they can win, he's going to go all the way to C. I'll give you the neg 2, the machine gun, and the squad, because I know I'm going to kick your rear end. And so he'll bid Germans with C. Well, we both put out our papers... And then I, he gets the Germans because he's giving me the neg two. He gave me more stuff: the neg two, the squad, and the machine gun. And that would so help that towards so, so, so what I'm suggesting is yeah. you go back and look at all the scenarios. You put Australian balance on all the old stuff, and then, and this is maybe the controversial part, but some knowledgeable player, whomever that may be, makes a recommendation that to make this thing balance really ought to be. American at level two and the German at level one, or whatever the case may be. They make some kind of an educated suggestion to give people guidance. Furthermore, when you're redoing these scenarios, and this is another one of my pet peeves, you know, they just assume that you know all these funky rules. Like, for example, anti-aircraft guns can't set up in buildings unless they're small target size. Well, you know, okay, that's a rule. Really? Yes. Dang. <laughs> you know, that's a rule. But, you know, it will, that, that it negates would, half of those 1,000 <coughs> victories. You know, count, would no. it kill you to remind me of that? <laughs> remind me. You know, the oh, you mean right, right on the scenario. Right on the card. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, it's a yes. rule. And yes. Maybe I no, should know it. Remind me. Right. That's well, not you know, a bad idea. They do yeah, it yeah. in the starter Things kit Things to ones. keep in mind. They do it in like starter kit. I swear they do. Remind me. And it's real simple. You know, don't forget this rule. You know, you you know that that yeah that would be very no, very I, helpful. I think that's a great idea because Cole Crocodiles, how many people <laughs> have been placed their guns on those paved roads? Right. I'm raising so, my hand really hard here in Ace Lock Championship game against Mike McGrath. I emplaced my. You did it on a right. Oh, yeah, it's an, it's, an orchard, it's an orchard road, right. but it's paved, and so right. you can't do it. And you know, I had played you know somebody here. I won't mention their name because they're the ones that did it against me. So I figured it was it was legal, you know. And uh, I did the same thing, you know. And that's so famous in that scenario yeah. that I played it for the first time this summer at the St. Louis tournament. And the first thing when I when I got the Germans is like, okay, I know not to put them on the paved yeah, roads because right. everybody does it, and it's right. you know you can't do it. And, you know, just remind well, you can't place yeah. them. Anyway. Right, they could be there, could, but they get shot at with just yeah. a gun they shield be or, or anything, or no cover. You know, I remember there was a scenario oh, no where um, yeah. they had to make a point that it's okay for the 
I think, the French units to climb. Not that you were actually going to climb out of this building, but it was such that you could be able to say that they won't get encircled once they're being surrounded in this building. Well, then just say that. Just say French are immune to encirclement while they're in this building. You don't got to give them climbing ability yeah. to cause them to be not able to be encircled. That's just ridiculous. Right. So, you know, remind people of the rules. Remind them of the intricate stuff. Don't expect them to just know it. I think it's asking too much. Yeah. Remind them of the vehicle note if they need to look up the vehicle. You know, there's a bazooka. Yeah. There's a bazooka in this half track. Right. Okay, remind me of that. Don't make me look it up in the armor listings. Just tell me. Well, how many of you guys read, uh, you know, like scenario packs, you know, especially like from other people, the third party people, every scenario pack comes with like designer notes or something like that. Do you guys read that stuff? Like the Schwerpunk. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, I do. And dispatches from the bunker. I feel I, like it's cheating. I do too. I, yeah. See, that's me. I wouldn't read it I, first. I it should I be read always, after. I always, yeah. exactly. I always yeah. try to play it or figure it out myself first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I and might then go back and read that stuff. Yeah. Right. But I think a lot of people, the scenario designers especially, they might think people are going to read that stuff. And like you're talking about rich, like rules they might not remember or something like that. They're going to just imagine, you know, they're going to read my designer notes. So they'll, they'll, they won't make this mistake or something Okay, like so that. that would help people play it better. But, yeah, it takes away some of the fun of, yeah, I mean, of finding the best defensive position. Yeah, right. Right. I think that's so. If I went back and redid all those scenarios with a little more uh, balancing, for sure, the Australian balancing, and the recommended level, and adding these other little suggestions, which would be for both new scenarios and old scenarios, that's going to bring back into play, I don't know the number, at least a couple of thousand scenarios that are collecting dust, and now they're, they have new life. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know, though. A lot of the older scenarios. Even if you, you know, I don't even know if balance is the reason people don't play them. I just think they're time. They're, they're time consumers when you're talking about 10 turn scenarios, you know, where you're spending three or four turns doing not much anything. You know, that's more of the reason I think a lot of the older scenarios don't get played. Mm-hmm. People want more, you know, scenario designs come to the point where people want action right away. You know, get right into that. So action. in the old ones, there's less action in there's, the beginning? Well, they're, they're long. I mean, you look at them, they're, they're all nine, yeah. ten, eleven turns. And they're big. Yeah, a lot of them are big. You that's know? true. And, it's in, and I think probably the time length gives a lot of the advantage, you know, makes them a balance probably. But sure. also it's just people don't want to want to play 11 turn scenarios. I mean, that's And they want to play new ones too. Yeah. There's always new ones to play, but yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a it's a good idea balancing some of the old ones out and they definitely could use it. But um are, are most of the newer stuff that comes out, I mean, <clears throat> I, I buy everything that comes out, but you know, I'll I'll go through it, but I have I obviously don't even time to play it as much as I used to. Do they tend to be more like we used to call it tournament size scenarios, or are they more longer size scenarios? Are they tending to to draw back? You know? It's tournament. The, the game. Size. I think the games still come out with some of the large ones, like okay. we talked about playing Armies of Oblivion, because there's going to be some ten turners with cavalry and twenty or thirty units, and we can play it in right. two days. We don't have to do it in one. Right. right. But um, yeah, then the journals tend to have. There's a couple of shorter ones, but I think they get the meaty ones in there with the modules, mm-hmm. and then they. Most third-party are all small. Are small. Yes, yeah. MMP still does size. the meat with the module, right. yeah. okay. and then yeah, the third ones are all getting pretty small. Another yeah. example is, and you, 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 Dave, you'll relate to this. I'm sure very well is you know the commissar rule between you know if it's before October 1942. Remember, you can replace one of your leaders, yeah. the Russian commissar. Right. Just remind them. Yeah. You know, don't you trick them. <laughs> don't right. don't try to pull a fast one. Right. Especially, them. and then you say, "Aha! Did you remember to do this?" When they start talking about the scenario, you know, what, what harm will it do to remind them? Right. None. 
I have other little rule suggestions, too. This is one of my pet peeves. Again, um, the thing that happens all the time, you break your main armament on your AFE because you roll the 12 or you uh, intensify. Right? I got that in my notes, happens too. I know what you're going to say. And, you know, mm-hmm. of course, if you roll a 1, you repair it. Good for you. If you roll a 6, it's recalled. That is such an extreme of difference. Yep. You know, having the vehicle leave the board compared to at least being able to use it with its machine gun or to do some good things. And so, you know, I have a couple different ideas on this. Again, this is just a little thing that means a lot to me, I guess, but it's just such an extreme right now the way it is. Either allow the repair on a 1 or a 2 to increase your odds of repairing it, and the 6 still means recall. Because a lot of guys will just skip it. They'll like, I'm not even going to roll. Well, th- going back yeah, to risk, risk calculation, there's so many things you can do with that tank to help you win a game. Right. Why would you want to see it later? Right. Or, so you could, you know, make if you double the chances of repairing it, that might tempt you to roll the dice, to roll the die, mm-hmm. to repair it, maybe. Or so one or a two. One or two repairs. Yeah. Just like a medium machine gun typically has that for yeah. repair. Right. And six is still recalled. Or maybe it's just a little bit too severe to say that the thing is recalled. Or leave it the way it is, one and six. But a six is not necessarily recalled because that is just such a severe penalty. Six well, could be permanently broken to where... You can't try and fix it. Well, it is. Right? It is permanently broken. But that well, means you have to lose the tank. Well, the you can roll multiple times to try and fix it. Well, in the time scale... Right. Unless maybe if you roll six, then you can't fix it again. But it's not recalled. Right. Right. Well, in the time scale of the scenario, that those, you know, having read, you know, read a lot of books and stuff like that, those guys run out of ammo that much. Are the guns jammed that much in some of these tanks? And, you know, our, our time scale isn't that long, I don't think, is it? Yeah, I don't know. The, the course no, of a scenario. But you, I, I, it's a, it, when you're doing reality arguments. No, I know, I know. You know, maybe maybe it took a shell to the turret to jam the gun. True. You know, that happened a lot, which isn't yes, modeled did. in the regular to hit That's, to kill. Took a lot right. of Right, right. Yeah, so, if, I mean, you play, if you play um, the miniatures game Battleground, where it's a skirmish level, the tanks, you roll it to hit on a tank, they've got 20 areas that it hits, oh, and then yeah. a result, you know, a gun, cool, gun jammed, yeah, the uh, driver hit, the, you know, all that the, stuff. The one SSR that I liked, and we used in uh, the scenarios that we did, uh, was, you know, if you, if you roll a 12, you know, you you roll a corresponding die, and then either you, your gun broke or you were out of the ammo you were firing. So it's not as extreme either, you know. I think stuff like that isn't that kind yeah, of That's another way to handle it. makes it a little more fun. You know, moving on to something very simple. You know, kindling, the, how many scenarios have you read the SSRs that says kindling is not, not allowed? allowed? Yeah. You know, what a waste of breath. Put in yeah. just, just Just make the rules that kindling is never allowed. Unless, Except by special Unless role. the SSR, if you're supposed well, to kindle, at every <laughs> if you're supposed to kindle, <laughs> then allow yeah. it. Well, yeah. why, why do people have such a big problem with kindling? You mean why it's yeah, damaging why it, to victory why conditions? Is it, you know, why, why is it, it NA so often? Yeah, and the other, that and why why are prisoners not doubled? You know why is that in some of the SSRs? That's one thing that bothers me. Because you should, yeah, that's because, right. You know you should be able to take prisoners and have them come right. for something. I think. See, I hate that SSR. Right? Unless there's a real specific reason for it, I, I don't think that should. Yeah, it was, it's kind of like they regret setting it up that way. Yeah, why have the prisoner rules? And just get rid of them. 
you know. Yeah, yeah I agree with you. I've, I always hate that when there's, you know, a CVP thing, but yeah. that says prisoners do not count double. Well, Why not? You know, it almost seems like every scenario, too, now. It's right. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. think, you know, and I'd like to ask people to put and, that in there. Why did you put that right. in there? I remember well, playing... Um, you think they slapped uh, that on at the end to, to bring more balance to a scenario that I don't otherwise know. I, wasn't, wasn't maybe, working out very well? Probably. You know, but there's too many of them. How many really have come across? Right. Maybe they just figured, you know, played, we don't want to deal with it. Yeah. One of the funnest scenarios I played, uh, I played Randy Rossi... Oh, probably about five six years ago, and we and it was a I was a German that I needed CVP, but prisoners did count double, yeah. and that was fun because you know I was capturing British yeah. carriers and I was captured Cree. I was doing everything you were I could trying to, to surround and yeah, right. I, it affects the, the way you double. played it, right? And in fact, it was a lot of fun. Trio and Randy was obviously doing everything he could, so I couldn't capture his guys, right? You know, and they just made for a real fun scenario. I, I ended up losing, but. You know, we had just a great time playing it. And when you get that, you know, that SSR, it, it takes the whole part of the game away. Yeah, it does. You know? I mean, why take prisoners then? There's yeah. absolutely no reason to. Right. Unless you, you know, unless you want to invoke, don't want to invoke no court. Yeah. But, you know, those those situations are far and few between anyway. Do you ever do you ever do a house rules thing on a scenario where you're, or, or, or do you have house rules where you say, you know what, we're going to. Just we're gonna, only, we're gonna forget one, that we're gonna change that, and you play it that way regularly, and you think it's a better game because the of it. only one we ever did, and it was mostly uh, you know our group in Chicago that we all, you know guys that all played against each other, is we used the CE button up thing for Bakaj and Wall. For Bakaj. I mean especially for Bakaj, and it just made the game play a lot easier. But that was the only thing we ever really did. Yeah, I think most players won't. You know, we're too much. No, uh, but because it works so well, that's why we did it. Yeah, you know, while we're still on the topic of what changes to the game overall that might, you know, benefit the game overall. And I know that this is a stretch. But, you know, there's a lot of these guys out there that I that we've all seen, you know, the independent publishers who uh, put out some pretty good products. But it seems as if, and I guess it's only natural and it's only, you know, the way the business community is, but because of the exclusive licensing, it's difficult for the, or almost impossible for the independent guys to use the counter art, to use the, you know, Official ASLdom, yeah, you know, view of the scenarios or the equipment or the of the rules they write or whatever for their uh, packages that they produce. And if they would just let that go, there's a lot of creativity, I guess, and frustration that I think gets gets squelched because of that firm hand that's been used. And I'm not one of those folks. I'm not a scenario designer. I'm not a module designer. That's not my cup of tea. But I know that there are guys out there that have had that feeling. But just seeing some of the stuff that's out there, you think there's that strong a hand out there? I mean, some of the stuff that I've bought from, uh, I don't know where this guy's at. Uh, I don't want to name names because I don't want to get anybody in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say. But, I mean, everybody knows who this guy is, but it's overseas. I think it comes from France, France oh, mostly. The, yeah, they, they think they do still use that some of stuff the... stuff looks they, perfect. Yeah, I, I'm going to bet it's because they're overseas. It's hard yeah, to I mean, get nobody, the legal thing going over there maybe against them. Yeah, Frank, uh, could be them. That, that group, the yeah. well, or whatever they call Yeah, it. I think it might be, but you know, the stuff is beautiful. It's all in color. Yeah, you can't tell me it doesn't look exactly like a, a color snare would be if MMP put it out. You know, so well, I I'm not a patent attorney, and I respect patents, and I respect uh, the rights of those who design and develop things to you know enjoy the fruits of their work. There's got to be a way to partner, though. There's got to be a way to let creativity. But that's all to Hasbro, feel, well, isn't it? Yeah, it goes to Hasbro, not multi-man. But I kind of would say I'd rather them not do it. I don't want them to lose money. 
I want to keep well, them going. Well, then, well, was there a way to partner then, such that they yeah can? they could get a percentage of well, I think, sales? Although there's not a lot of money in this third party right, service, right? Yeah, what third party's going to want to give money to to MMP? Well, you should a little because no? it's their system. Well, if I was yeah. MMP and if I was paying Hasbro a licensing fee every year, I would be kind of PO'd to see people put out other things and they mm. weren't paying that licensing fee either. You know, I mean. Very true. And I think if MMP did it right, I mean, I'm not saying they're doing it wrong, okay, but if if they were quicker with getting, they could put out, if they put out everything, and if they were a little more lenient about, you know, having other people submit things. If you submit something to MMP right now, how long do you think it's going to be until it's these? Long time, yeah. Year. I right. mean, we're talking maybe right. 10 years. I mean, yeah, we're not years, kidding. Years. Yeah, you wonder if, again, they had a full-time person. Now right. they could kick out more of the stuff. I know people have submitted stuff that's been rejected, so that you could suck that in and go ahead, and they could maybe do more. Maybe they don't. You know, want yeah, to do I, don't, junk. I think very few of us are in this for the money. We're doing this because we love it. We're passionate for it. Right. Maybe there's some exceptions out there. Again, there's got to be a way to find a mutual uh, ground, common ground, whereby it's official stuff, like you're suggesting, Dave, put out by MMP, but maybe someone else did line share of the work. MMP gets X percent of the money. Just to make it fair, they whatever can, fair means. And then you could print everything. You know, sure. just submit everything to them, you know. And you could have somebody overview everything. I mean, everything that you put out, everything anybody puts out is not going to be perfect. Yeah, the people who have the creative energy and the desire and the passion to put this, uh, these modules out or these scenario packs out, let them. Let them do what they're good at and what they love and what they're passionate for. And let MMP do what it's good at. Making things official, making sure it meets a certain quality standard. To me, there's got to be a way if we all put our egos aside to make it right. And you know, maybe I'm speaking too altruistically, but and again, I'm not one of these folks. But it's it just seems thought. like there's got to be a way. If we love the game, we want it to continue, we want it to succeed. We'll find a way. Well, I think yeah. that is possible. But like you said, I think the big thing is putting people's egos aside. There's a lot of people who've had their nose bent out of shape with each other and stuff like that in the past, um, having been been involved in some of that myself. But. Uh, if everybody would, you know, come to this common ground, Rich, in a perfect world, if they would all submit their stuff to MMP, and MMP would say, we're going to print everything, we're going to share profits with you guys, or whatever, I mean, I think that would be awesome. You know, and you'd have a lot more stuff out there quicker. But right now, if somebody really designed something, they really want their thing out there, okay, and if you're not, like, you know, somebody super, you know, that's been in it for a long time and stuff like that, you're, it's not going to see the light of day. I mean, you guys just read recently that they... They announced that they're going to put out that new action pack, right? McNamara, Kibler, and Fortenberry. Now, unless you're them three guys, you know, and you submit something, it ain't coming out very quick. But that's encouraging to see them guys doing stuff again. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Well, who could, who I'm? What I'm confused about, or uh, what I have a question about, is who who yeah. is served by doing this? Who, who gets served, served? The, the, by doing the, what? The designers who want to put out stuff. Um. Who like to put out stuff? That's great, but it, it, does the game itself? Does the game itself benefit? You mean is more from better? all of these extra scenarios and extra action packs and things like that? Come, that well, come out from all these. That's other what I just wrote down. Also for next show, was oh. third party products. I can't read that. Far. Third party products, good or bad? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think you could do a whole half hour. You on could. That. Yeah. Should we table that and do it next? But time? no, I think that's an excellent point, though. Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, that's true. I mean, who gets? Who, I think it does benefit the hobby because if things were put out in a consistent <coughs> manner, if the scenario cards all kind of looked kind of the same, it would just help you know from the readability and the understandability. If it all had a certain quality standard that MMP would enforce or a play testing balancing 
you know, framework that they would put in place. Yet MMP wouldn't have to do all the work if the if the designers knew they had to follow a certain protocol that yeah. MMP would oversee. And again, I'm not part of MMP. I'm not even a third party designer. I'm just going by what I observe and what I think I've seen. So what is what is what benefits the hobby? Does it benefit the hobby to just feed the current players, get them to buy more stuff, or does it benefit the hobby to garner more players, to find ways to bring more people into the game? Are we that, just feeding the same people no, over and over key. again, or are we trying to get no, more people in? No, they're doing it? both. That's why the starter kits are there. <clears throat> yeah. Starter kits are purely designed to bring in new players. Absolutely. They've been doing they, a pretty good job with that. Yes, it has. I think it has. Our listenership, because it's definitely long overdue. Our listenership has been a lot of starter kit players. Now, those people transferring over, though, don't know. Yeah. I don't think we know yet. I mean, I haven't. Some I've, are I've got them. I've looked at them. I bought them basically because I wanted the maps, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to have everything, right? Sure. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I bought them. Same well, I don't buy I've played almost all the scenarios. But, I mean,. Is it how hard is it to go from that to full blown ASL? You know, you need a teacher, I think. You need a guy that'll show you, or you need to be able to read that rule book. So, yeah. I, I commend the effort. I do like the starter kits as well. And one of the reasons why I'm so supportive of the effort that you two guys, the half squads, have, have put this podcast together over the past year or so is because I do get the sense that you are bringing newer players into the hobby or players that might have dropped out and are willing to give it a second try. We are. And I think that's fantastic, and that's why I want to give all that I have to try to help, to help you know, stimulate that effort because you're absolutely right. The key is not just serving the existing community of squad leader players that will play no matter what, even if they don't make the changes that we're recommending. Right. We've got to get newer players that move up on the curve to become full-fledged squad leader guys. And that's the transition to number two. Yeah, so what is the future for squad leader? Would you guys think in its current state, I think this is the, the question, in its current state, without any, you know, modification, do you think ASL can survive past, what were you saying? I, I think 30 years it's done. I don't think there's ASL after 30 years. The players are basically done. Yeah, out. keep going. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, basically I'm at the young end of ASL player range. I'm 36. I'll see a few guys maybe in their 20s at a tournament, maybe one guy or two guys, but... Basically, I'm kind of at the the end of the the war gaming, uh, you know, uh, chain generation, generation, whatever you want to call it. So in 30 years, I'll be 66. You know, most of the guys will be in there by then. Will be in their 70s, 80s. Pass you me know, the dice cup, I, I kinda, <laughs> right? I kind of I kind of doubt they'll be they'll be you know younger players taking up ASL. I just don't see it. Well, how, uh, there'll be some, but not enough, I would think, to sustain the hobby. Well, I hope they would, but, you know, you're, I, you're right. I, I, I do a miniatures club at school. Uh, so one of my pet peeves was I asked them to make me a counter. I know it's becoming a joke around here, but... but if and, asked and, MMP to make Yeah, and in return, I would I would teach 20 kids a year squad leader, board game. Well, see, you're earning your and, name on a counter. That's, <laughs> that that that's the way I had to do it. We, you know, it's the old-fashioned way. You earn it. You know, but yep. they should but, um, but my point would be that was an opportunity to jump on and say, yes, teach these 13-year-old kids the advanced squad leader. Please do it. But do you um, think you could teach it if, to them in the board game format? Or well, you, you know what? I, I have it in miniatures. So I well, could see, do it in miniatures awesome. or I could do it in board game. They like the miniatures. Yeah. And I think they would transition, say, because then when they leave at the end of 8th grade, go, hey, you know, now you're leaving. They got a starter kit for 20 bucks. 
you and I know it's not miniatures, but you loved the the way the game went, where you had a berserk guy cross the street, and you loved your rate of fire. Remember, you got the right. critical hit on that tank, and it's all right there in the board game. I I would think they would sell some things, but do you think that you can do it without computers? Well, they love it at school, the miniatures, but, but no, I don't know. I don't know. Again, I, I always bring up the uh, the example of the Warhammer games mm-hmm. from uh, yeah. Games Workshop. That's miniatures. And the fact that they keep, well, not keep opening, but they opened a store in a very big shop, one of the biggest shopping malls in the Midwest very recently, and they they can support the freestanding store. By the Dominics on Dundee. Yep. Right there. It's weird you said that. And (laughs) so where are those people coming from? Because there's not that much difference, I don't think. That's more related to the computer games they play. It's visual. It's... Mm -hmm. Well, Rich was talking about imagination use. You think they don't realize? Yeah, they... I mean, I, I can only go by my own experience. I have two teenage sons, and they're both, you know, avid computer game players and Xbox players, which I don't think is uncommon for teenagers these days. Right. And of course, naturally, being living in my home, they've seen Squad Leader and other board games that I've tried to get them to play, and they've played with me, and they've had you know a little bit of fun, perhaps. But mostly, they love their Xbox and their computer games because it's so visual and three dimensional. And we were talking at the break, you know, that in Squad Leader, it's a big part of your imagination. You're imagining that high explosive or that that armor-piercing round and kind of what that would feel or look like or sound like. You're imagining that flamethrower shooting and the flame shooting out or the smoke, you know, occurring. With the three-dimensional stuff, they're hearing the sound, they're seeing the shot. I mean, it's way... You don't have to use your imagination. It's all there on the... It's on very, the, the, very you know, This is like arguing, is there a future for books? Uh, comp- now yeah, this that, is now that like movies a, are in color. You know, I mean, obviously there's still a future for books. I, I well, hope I'm wrong. Do your kids like not, military but, history? I think they something they, they, they do. Yeah, they, they do tend to read stuff like that occasionally, not as much as me, but they do read it. So, Jeff, you're... Oh, I'm sorry. Blue, are you done with that point? Oh, well, I'm just saying, like, if Band of Brothers came on, would they have to be glued to the TV to watch They watch it? Band of Brothers. So they might still get into it when, they're get, when they get a little bit older. They might, you know. But again, most of us started when we were teenagers. Well, well, I, well, well, well actually, I get into ASL except for you. in my 30s. Except for Winston. Yeah. Late mm-hmm. 20s, early 30s. I, I would say that... Um, Bob has had bronchitis, ladies and gentlemen. He's going to take a break and spit up his lung. Mark that down. In keeping with a 1940s... We can leave that in. That's, that's, that's the only funny thing about this whole show. Bob has developed tuberculosis to keep along with a 1940s theme. I actually have to go take a TV test in a week just so I can keep coaching basketball. Yeah, you do, yeah. I would say there's a future for board gaming. I think board games and war games will always be around. But ASL specifically is unique in that it's so complex. It's not something you can you can learn quickly. You can't learn it, you know, in a day reading, you know, playing the game. Or oh. you can most of the I think you can a little bit. And you well, can a little bit, the, but the, can I? It the, takes a lot of dedication to be to play ASL. And I can add a scary fact to that. When I am teaching these kids miniatures games at school, they will just not look at the charts. Mm-hmm. And it frustrates me to no end. I'm like, okay, wow, we're in close combat. We're going to roll a dice each, and who has the high winner wins. I'm like, no, 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 no. Look at the chart. You have to neg two for charging, you know, plus this over a wall. You, you know, just look at the chart. And, and they're like, oh, well, we don't know. Well, now it happens. Now it happens. Read the chart. Mm-hmm. 
no, it's too hard for them to read a stinking yeah. chart. Yeah. I'm like, it drives me nuts. Maybe so that's the wrong audience. That's worrisome. That's that true. If they, they won't read a rule book, you know. They want they instant, and again, I think it's the generation you grew up in. When I grew up as a kid in high school, in the uh, I guess that'd be the early '80s, that'd be for my age. I remember, you know, all we had was board games, really, and then computers were just coming out. And I remember there was this one like little fantasy adventure game where it was like all text. Like you come to a door and your Zork. options are one, open the door, oh, I think two, I turn that. right, yeah. or three. So you were still using your imagination. Right. It was all, text, but it was right? computer driven, and you had like three choices or whatever: one, two, three. And so Squad Leader actually was more graphical than that because at least you had you know counters that kind of looked like tanks and kind of looked like terrain that on the board you were yeah, playing. Terrain right. board. And so like nowadays that. that would be so cumbersome and so. That's all I can try to imagine to relate to the younger people of today. It takes computer some games with effort. all the graphics. It's just and so you know a guy yeah, was asking me the other day, why can't you put Squad Leader on the computer? Why yeah. couldn't you put Squad Leader on the computer? Is anybody working on that? I don't don't know. Well, either. there's Vassal. Um, well, that's not the. I mean, well, what's, the handle's what is no that? rules. There is a Squad Leader. There is a Squad Leader game on what's it computer. Called? Uh, combat Commander or I mean, Combat Mission? Is that it? Combat on the computer. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, right. we have the well, squads. You move it. There's right. Mag Two in the street. Mm-hmm. I think that yeah. it's not the same though. Well, again, we play. I play for the camaraderie. Right, yeah. and I'm not going to get that in these in that other format. Right, and I quit playing um, my PlayStation Two and you know my Sega Genesis, but I got into it for a little while. But I just don't have time now. I miss with people too much. And I, again, so Rich's point is the graphics. My point is I don't know if the kids will put the effort into it. Mm-hmm. And we're well, all you know, hoping it's the they social will. too. You're right. I mean, I like getting together with a friend to play a squad leader scenario and talking about stuff and sitting across the table with a board. Whereas, again, I, you know, my own sons, they like looking at a computer screen. Now, they have a microphone, and they're yelling at each other in the, yeah. in the microphone yeah. about their about their game that they're playing. So there is, but still, that's not physically present. And they don't hit pause and go, How, how's the family? Yeah. <laughs> you know, how did work go today? You well, know, that, that, you read this that may not be the generation that needs to learn squad leader. Now, it may, it, I mean, not the generation, but that, that may not be the, the age where squad yeah, maybe is, older. is the game. True. Maybe an older I, you know, I didn't start. I didn't learn now. ASL till later. I played war games when I was real young, but didn't actually learn and played squad leader, but didn't learn advanced squad leader till yeah, till, till yeah, much I later. Think people in their thirties or forties basically mm-hmm. have a let's hope. Like it. Let's so hope is the so. game worth saving? Yes. It, I mean, <laughs> I mean not yes. that it's dying, but is oh, it yeah, worth yeah. making an effort? Should we be looking for new players? Should I am. Be trying to find new ways. Absolutely. Yeah. To make it better and. Yes, I definitely think so. It's yeah. worth the effort. We got to try. We have to put forward that that effort. If we don't try, I think the scenario that Bob talked about, the thirty year window, yeah. is probably very likely. Yeah, yeah, yeah I that's think true. That's definitely. Yeah. Then we will realize the the reality that Mike McGrath was talking about about fifteen years ago. How when we all get old enough, we're going to have this one old folks home, and it's going to be the old folks home for ASL. For ASL players. Yeah. That's all we do is play ASL. You mean but, our wives are going to have where's, a separate old yeah, folks where, home? Yeah, where's right. the women? <laughs> there well, the they barracks, could be in there, too. They're all out shopping now. Guys, this is the eighth turn you've played turn two. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, now, now I really can't remember the rules, Bob. <laughs> Bob will be the youngster. All right, let's go to Fog of War and ASL. Let's just talk about a specific game mechanic. So is there enough Fog of War or not? I know I've read this somewhere on a no. forum. Or... No. Rich? 
Well, <laughs> I already made my recommendation earlier with you know having the variable victory conditions based on what the uh, opponent selects. So, so you're you saying yourself select. So you're saying no. I, I'm saying no, but you know, in a way, I mean, again, this is where you get to the realism versus playability. If you want a balanced scenario where each side has about an equal chance to win, you kind of have to kind of know what you're up against, and that'll dictate your tactics that you're going to deploy in the scenario. Right. Why not? Well, I think the rules are there for the fog of war. Don't get me yeah. wrong. I think it's what I talk about. There's not enough scenario designing. There's not enough. I don't think there's enough use of uh, you know concealment. They don't include a lot it of dummy be, counters. It could be in almost every game. It should, it every should scenario be. should have hip it and, should be. and concealment. Every yeah. scenario. And, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Wow. Without, well, without, without. well, I guess we're I done with that topic. Yeah. Join us <laughs> next time. <when> <laughs> I didn't quite expect so much agreement, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. So in a scenario design, put in uh, six dummy counters. It's not. It's yeah, not but, so big. And you know, and one well, a tactic I got used to doing a lot is I would throw some of my dummy counters away just to mess up with my t- opponent. T- oh, I never thought people, of that. Well, people will come up there. You know, Bob's guy, a counter. Bob's a counter. Rob Manisik. I mean, you know, Rob. He'll count. You can't get much past Rob. He count every counter. He's like, Lou, you used too many concealment counters. No, I didn't, Rob. You know, and he didn't realize sometimes I was throwing stuff away. You know, just uh, just to mess him up. Yeah. But he couldn't figure out. You know, if he he revealed two of my stacks, maybe there was some another concealment stack mm-hmm, somewhere mm-hmm. because maybe you know maybe he even threw a squad off the board or a half squad off the board. Right. So then, with realism, there's no way you're going to know that this guy has exactly three and a half squads and these two guns mm-hmm. that are hidden. There's no way you're going to know. But again, it's a game. Right. They want well, to make it balanced. I've seen a lot of changes, re- it seems recently, where scenarios have choices in your order of battle. Yeah. You can either take this group or this group, and I really like that, too. That gives yeah. you, that increases that. that well, well, for example, more. like just something I was just saying, let's, let's say I gave you a choice. I mean, I don't know. I'm just throwing this out there. If I gave you a choice, you have 10 squads, and I'm giving you, let's say, 10 concealment counters. But then I give you a choice. You can either have one less squad and five more concealment counters, you know, what would you what, would you take the five concealment counters and get rid of a squad? Would it would that be something worth it for you? That's, or, that's a real good idea. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not smart enough to think about that right now. <laughs> I like that though. That's a good idea. Yeah, it could Why be variable. It? Variable OB. Um, various ways. Now I know it's some of the games, some of the scenarios that I've seen have had each side buys points and, and that mm-hmm. I don't wanna do. That's like too it's too much, too much work. Too much, there, you know. too and much you know, work. With the hidden stuff, but. and there is a lot of hidden stuff. I mean, again, I don't think I'm the only one who's guilty of this uh, situation. Mm-hmm. Like even a friggin' armor leader. Yeah. I never remember that I got an armor leader in that tank in the yeah, middle of the thing. Oh, I, my I leave them on the board. I, put a, I leave them on my tanks too. I never, <laughs> unless it's like I got two tanks, two tigers, and a one nine two armor leader, and it's real important that the opponent. Not then no. I'll write it down. But right. so if I, if I have hidden times. mines and hidden wire and hidden hidden trenches, and I got uh, yeah. hidden guns. You know, hidden tank hunter hero. I'm going out of my friggin' mind trying to remember all that stuff. Now, to be honest, um, yeah, maybe too much fog of war can be a problem because some of the Japanese scenarios mm-hmm. and, the, and the beach landings, I my friends have, have walked to, right through my yeah. boxes, and I'm like crazy. So there mm-hmm. are some solutions to that. Yeah. You can set up a sideboard. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Lay it on the sideboard. Mm-hmm. Right? And then you got it right to the right, and you just glance down and back at your board. Oh, okay. He's coming close to that minefield with the wire and the pillbox, mm-hmm. you know, that I really don't want to forget. Okay, wait, wait, what do you mean by that? Tell me more about the side. I board. have double boards of everything because I have to, buy, first of all, buy everything that's officially MMP, and mm-hmm. secondly, often get two copies of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you just set a, an ex, the extra board down here and mm-hmm. place out your hidden 
things down on that. You visually can just look at the board and see right where okay, everything is. Okay, so your is. opponent yeah. shouldn't be able to see that. Right, yeah. he can't see that. You can put a box lid in front of it okay, or under right. a box lid. I've seen, table. you know, I played against guys that are really good at Vassal, and I'm not one of those, but I need to learn. But anyway, they bring out a, a printout yeah. of their mm-hmm. Vassal set up and right. then they can kind of look at the piece of paper which is similar to what you're saying right yeah, yeah which, is, which got, is something i was gonna say it'll print it out with the right terrain i had maps printed out i used to write all that stuff down it was a lot easier than writing everything down like if you went to a tournament and one of the things i would suggest the people go to tournaments and stuff especially with the with the list that's already compiled for you you know have your setups that you know you don't have to follow them you know you might change it depending on who you're playing or something like that or maybe you'll learn something else in the scenario prior but have some kind of setup on our idea, but the easiest way to do it is like you were saying, you have a sideboard, but have a printout of a map. You know, and it's with Basil now, you can print out every map, you know, yeah. that mm-hmm. you have out there. So, yeah. With all easier. the counters on it? Well, yeah. Yes. Or you can just, you know, print out every map and then make copies for yourself and have a stack, and then when you play a scenario, just, just write it down, down beforehand. Or, yeah. yeah. That's a future program that I would be interested in uh-huh. hearing is how do you get yourself set up in Basil? I myself. Oh. Well, you want to know how to get set up. Yeah, you should, you should try well, to have a lot that's of people volunteer, and that is definitely on the agenda. We're yeah. going to have somebody join us and walk us Everyone through says from, how easy it from is. downloading it, installing it. I love it. I'm going to listen with both of It's a piece of cake. Yeah. So, yeah. It, I'm, so. I'm surprised how popular it, it isn't. I thought it would be a lot more popular. There's guys that play, but not a lot of guys that go actually do it. Yeah. Well, so Fog of War. Um, we, well, we all agreed we need more of it. Uh, and just you know, hidden initial placement, more of that too. I thought I heard yeah. Louis saying. Yeah, I mean, just you know, scenario designers, just be a little more creative when it comes to that stuff. You know, allow. You know, I I, I can't remember now, but I remember I used to think of all these things with concealment counters. But I used to try to you know use concealment counters to to pretend they were tanks and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I would even use like two big counters and a little concealment counter to pretend it was a turret. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's I think that's illegal. But I used to try it anyway. But uh, <laughs> you know, but you know, allow stuff like that. You know, just. You know, so people can be a little more creative when it comes to, you know, trying to throw your opponent off balance. Is there a reason, uh, if I can get off topic, yeah, sort I of think... off topic just a little bit, Is what's the reason for having deployment be restricted to only 10% of your OB when you start a scenario? That one I don't really understand because I like deployment and I would do a lot more of it if it was allowed. And so you, you can roll for it. You can uh, roll for it. I know you can. Oh, roll during for the it. game, yeah. yeah, with the leader, rally yeah. can directed. Fins can self deploy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so certain nationalities can't deploy at all. Yeah, Russians can't. Russians can Japanese part deploy. Of yes. Okay. Japanese, I think can, and then they some can. nationalities like only the elite guys can, and, and yeah. Italians only elite Italians can do. Okay, there you go. Okay. Yeah, and I don't really understand. Well, what I, th- the, I think uh, it's because the real uh, life analogy. I'll is speculate. You know, I don't know about the nationality reasons, but I do. I mean, as far as game mechanics go. There are, in certain scenarios, big advantages to deploying because you're going to force your oh, yeah. the opponent to shoot at lots more, yeah, uh, lots lots more, more things. They're going to yeah. run out of rate of fire, and they're going to have other guys that will be able to move without with right. impunity. You can surround a, a final victory hex with a ring of half squads yeah. that he can't advance into. Spread out, spread right. out. Spread no, you, do out give it, yeah. you, you give up yeah. range, usually, when you deploy. You know, usually. usually it's one, one less range. Firepower, too. You give up uh, on the on the broken side. It's usually a little worse uh, than the yeah. full squad equivalent. So you're, you're giving up smoke exponent usually when you do that too. So I'm glad that they make you pay for that, so right. to speak, for that decision. But in certain scenarios, if they just let left un- allowed unlimited deployment, mm-hmm. that yeah. could give you a huge yeah, the advantage. The game would become half squad leader is right. what it would become. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're it's right. Usually, all the advantages are with deploying. And 
you know. You know it's, it's, see, I hate deploying because then it makes more things to move around and it slows the game down. <laughs> <laughs> but they're also trying to play towards the historical context too, right? I mean, the main unit of movement was a squad. Was a squad right. Too, right. You know, whereas a modern army would be like five guys. It would be a half Maybe squad. Maybe even less. You know? oh, yeah. Because okay. I saw a, a Noriega scenario. Did you guys see that one? Yeah, somewhere? I've seen that stuff. That was by old Aceluck stuff, right? Maybe it was. I don't. Was, you know, I used yeah. to get everything third party. Yeah. Uh, and they had a Noriega, capturing Noriega. Yeah, that was and they, it had little special forces counters right. and they were half squads. All of them were little mm-hmm. half squads. So more of a modern idea. But that's a good question, Jeff. So Yeah. Well, all right. I guess that that's going to wrap it up. That's all we have time for today. That's right, folks. Jeff has a four o'clock appointment. That's right. And our sponsors are cu- are cutting their uh, funding right now, so we need to be. <laughs> oh, they're they're going to take away the microphones. Yeah, here they come. <laughs> <laughs> and the furniture. Wow! <laughs> Don't take the beer. <laughs> this turned out really well. We want to thank all of our important guests. You're welcome. Oh, no, thank you for coming. <laughs> oh, thanks, guys. It's it was fun. Louis Tokars, thank you, Bob guys. Holmstrom, Rich Spilkey, and uh, I'm Jeff. And I'm Dave. And we want you to remember to roll low. And let the dice be with you. May oh. the dice be with you. Oh, no. All right, we'll let it out. Go again. Okay. Oh, do you guys know your end line? Yeah. What is not it again? When, but not when you're playing us. Okay, but not when you're playing <laughs> us. All right. So we want, we want you all to remember to roll low. And may the dice be with you. But, but not, not when you're, you're playing, playing us. us. Bye-bye, everybody. See you later.